Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi there everyone, I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Jay Forrester of Custodia. Welcome to the podcast, Jay. Thank you very much, Simon. <clears throat> Hello everyone, I'm Jay. Um, I uh, work for Custodia, I'm one of the directors. We are a cybersecurity group with a slight difference. Um, we believe in relationship above everything else. So um, our aim is no dashboards, just talk to a person when you have a problem. Great. Okay. And, you know, we know each other, listeners, we, we were do. having a chat before. Uh, Jay was a, a tenant um, in an, an incubation unit, I suppose you'd call it a business unit, uh, run by the University of Lincoln, in, in which I do some mentoring. So we, we were having a little bit of a catch up and talking about things in general. And of course, we finished off talking about Apple AirPods as well as we yeah. were doing this. Uh, and and thanks for uh, introducing yourself there, Jay. How, how long have you been in business? And can I ask, before we get into the questions mm. about coffee, what made you set up the business? What's the reason for doing what you do? Uh, we started in, we, we started back in 2017. The business first, uh, we just started talking about it in 2017. Yep. Uh, myself, my business partner. Um, and the idea kind of rattled around between us for nearly two years before we started properly in spring of 2019. And there are a few reasons. Um, we already worked together and we very much enjoyed working together. Right. Um, the, sec the, the second one was, as we looked around, we were actually looking for disaster recovery products for a client, for a, di for a different business that we were working with. And as we were looking around, we were realizing there was nothing that we considered completely suitable. It was either we were seeing things that were too expensive for yeah. what we'd term a bespoke uh, product, or we were seeing something that relied on somebody in the business having a second job. So using a Got dashboard you. to do their own, to do the work that we would consider to be the, the security company's work. Yeah. And from there, we just realized that SMEs have this real disadvantage. Okay. If you're running a small or medium business, you are offered either very expensive options to get the same security as a large business, or you're offered lots of things you don't need necessarily, like a security operations center, um, or you're offered a dashboard and said, off you go, do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to do something different. Yeah. And, and I'm sure many of the listeners um, connect with that as well and have gaps. And it, I think it's important. The reason I ask the question is, you know, because, mm. you know, I, I know you've given me that sort of uh, narrative before. And I think for the listeners, you know, even in your own products, you might be needing to find what that gap is that you're trying to yeah. fill. And very often, you know, I've uh, just done a Monday's Moment video, you know, when there's a hole, when there's a vacuum, when there's a gap, there's a need to fill it. And yeah. it's, you know, look, opportunity, chance, whatever you want to call it, but it's it's really seeing that, that gap, isn't it, and filling the market, yeah. uh, which, which you've done there. That's good. Yes. Yeah, and it's and it's we co we concentrate very hard on four essential areas. We don't offer 
Um, if people need, for instance, penetration testing or security operations center, we have partners we trust to deliver that. We're not trying to offer this incredibly broad jack of yeah. all trades. We concentrate very firmly on, on four clear areas. Great. Okay. And we'll hear a little bit more about Absolutely. how people can connect with you two later on. Let's, let's get into the first couple of questions on coffee then. Oh, yes. What, what coffee are you drinking today and, and why? Well, I'm currently drinking Sainsbury's Fair Trade Colombian coffee. <clears throat> okay. Um, a couple of reasons why. One, it's uh, rainforest certified. Okay. Which uh, I appreciate. It's fair trade. Um, it's also, I don't drink very much caffeine these days. So I'm only allowed one caffeinated drink a day. <laughs> really? This is it? <laughs> yeah. And this so is, this is so the So listeners, you're getting the one time is, that Jay can have that today the one caffeinated drink um what i what i find with it is it it's it's not a super bitter coffee um so i i i, I drink coffee black without sugar and i find that some of the uh, very speciality coffees can come across as very very bitter if they're not sweetened um yeah. and i i what i enjoy about it is it doesn't come across as bitter but it does also doesn't come across as watery it feels like you're drinking something okay. yeah, yeah. solid yeah. Without um, yeah, scraping my tongue as it yeah. goes past, yeah. <laughs> dissolving my teeth. <laughs> so when you're not drinking that particular coffee or uh, let's say you're out somewhere special, uh, you've said how you take your coffee. Uh, but what's your favorite coffee? Is it a particular uh, blend, a particular mm. country, a particular place where you've, you've had coffee where it's being absolutely superb coffee? Give us an idea of what your favorite coffee is. My my favorite, um, my wife works quite often in Rwanda or did before the virus. And okay. she used to bring back um, this amazing Rwandan ground coffee. Uh, and you'd, it would come back in, in you know, kilo and a half sacks of beans. And it was right. absolutely wonderful. Um, so if I could drink anything, it would be, it would be, it would be Rwandan coffee. Okay. Interesting. Well, so what's so special about it? And what's what's different about that? Um, yeah, out of all the podcasts we've had, and we've had lots of different people <laughs> talk about Ethiopian coffee and all sorts. T tell us what's, uh, you know, for the listeners, what, what's different about coffee from Rwanda? It's, it's, how do I put it? It tastes, again, because I'm not a fan of very bitter coffees. It's not very bitter. Um, it has a very full, earthy taste to ah, it. Okay. So it feels very, it feels very smooth. Yeah. Um, it's, there's something about it. it. It walks again. It walks that really fine line for me between not being watery, re yeah. retaining a full flavor, but yeah. not feeling like uh, I need to somehow wash my mouth out afterwards or I need to because I to yeah. make sure because I, I really don't like sweeteners. OK, uh, I don't I don't take sweeteners or sugar in any hot drinks. Um, so I find that a lot of coffees can actually be quite bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also it tastes really good when it's super hot. Right. Okay. So I find some coffees don't taste good when no, they're no. really, really hot. So it, no. it's, it's, it's that kind of earthy fullness that yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, well, and I'm sure that's uh, set the listeners up for uh, a trial or a test yeah. of some uh, coffee from Rwanda. Um, thinking about um, business then and, and moving mm. on to business and of course you know we've we've all been facing difficult and interesting times some of us not quite so difficult and have had lots of opportunities and I know we were talking about uh, the way that September in 2020 yes. saw a shift in in your business 
What's been the latest or most significant thing that you've fixed, discovered, or worked on in your business? Um, interestingly, I think, and it's particularly for us being a relatively new business. Um, I mean, we were less than a year old when the pandemic really hit. Mm. And we were very much trying to work at volume with everything that we did. And there felt like there was a real pressure to produce more documents and more reports and more policies and more information yeah. for customers. And, um, and I think one of the things, the pandemic, where it was a, almost a benefit for us is we both have children, young children who are then yeah. working, schooling at home. We lost immediately 50% of our time. Okay. Um, literally overnight. And the benefit of that, interestingly, apart from the extreme stress, and hmm. was that suddenly we had to work on quality. Okay. We didn't have time to proofread a document 10 times to get it right. Yeah. When we wrote, uh, for instance, we write uh, GDPR policies for yeah. our clients, IT security policies. We didn't have time to bat that backwards and forwards and for it to go to our copy editor. And it had to be written perfectly first time. Yeah. And again, the same thing with every email that we sent. They had to be written perfectly first time. We didn't have time to suddenly look at, has this got the right wording? So what we did was we started slowing down our process slightly yeah. to really look at the quality of what we delivered first time out. So that even down to whether we used in, in bullet pointed lists, were we using semicolons or full stops or nothing? So they were all identical across the, the, you know, the 30 documents that we might produce from a customer. Yeah. There was this real sense of standardization where we're getting everything right. Um, and I think that was probably one of the biggest changes. And what that meant was we were focusing on the core of what we were doing mm. rather than focusing on the volume of what we were doing. And then kind of going back and going, have we got the volume right? It was really this quality focus because our time yeah. just disappeared. Yeah, and it's interesting. I've, I've had a few people over uh, my time, uh, particularly mm. that have been my coaches, and they have reminded me very very often that we fill our time doing stuff yes you know and you know the gap that we were talking about just a you know a, a few minutes ago in the market if we have uh we feel we need to be busy don't we uh, and i've seen yes. this a lot of time so we 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 do lots of stuff to fill that business i, I used to work with a coach actually who was in one of my groups and uh, one of his strap lines was about taking the busyness out of business. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think that's a really good thing for the, the listeners to sort of realize that, you know, slowing things down. And it's that old yeah. phrase, isn't it? Slow down and smell the roses. And it's interesting. Years ago, I was on a, oddly, I was oddly, uh, 10 years ago, I, I, I started, I trained to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. And one of my tutors there, and I always, it's one of the things that stuck with me. She says, don't knit. What? What do you mean, Sue? No, everybody sits and they do knitting and their hands are moving really fast all the time. Yeah. They've got to be doing something. She says, don't knit. Keep your hands still and just stop. Yeah. And take stock. And it's always stuck with me. And I, and I forget when I started Custodia, I started knitting. 
meeting yeah because that's what i felt i had to do yeah yeah it's, it's interesting uh, and, and we're going a bit off tangent here yeah. uh, but but i think i think for the listeners we all we're all connecting with this and that's what this podcast is about i remember being on a course uh, a couple of years ago now um through our our local village church and we had a study group at this lady's house and we all sort of sat there as you do, have your cup of tea and a soggy biscuit, and then you go and uh, you know sit down ready to to watch a video or to 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 read and learn something. And we were having this discussion, and one of the attendees, as soon as we started talking, pulled out this huge blanket that she was. I don't I don't know whether you call it knitting, but it was certainly a thing with needles, yeah. whether it was crocheting or something. But she sat there totally absorbed in this piece of knitwear, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I, I found that really, really ignorant at first. Mm. But then I realised as the course went on that it was her way of concentrating. When she was knitting, she was almost yeah. in the zone. And How it was incredible. And her hands were very busy. Yeah. And then suddenly she'd, she'd listen to what somebody said and say, oh, yes, and... And she'd stopped knitting, but she had, to, and this is why I'm mentioning it. Yeah. She couldn't knit and talk. She could knit and listen. Yeah. And surely, if you're ever listening to this podcast, <laughs> I apologize for picking you out of this. Um, but, you know, she, it was the way it helped to focus on the listening. Yes. But oh, then incredible. she had to stop the knitting to do the talking. Yeah. Yes. Because then suddenly she was engaged more so so yeah i think listeners you know take take on board what jay's there you know that we yes yeah, st stop stop the knitting stop the know, knitting and, to engage and that busyness yeah yeah definitely yeah. and i think you know it's more about that quality and it's about that time yeah. um, so how how has it been different then since you started doing that give the listeners a bit of an idea of the benefits or the results that okay. that's given you well I'm, I'm more present in what i do Okay. So I've, I've got two children at home um, that I take, obviously take on some of the homeschooling with. Yep. And the temptation for me is to be trying to engage with them while trying to write a document, while emails are coming in, while the phone's going, while I'm thinking about the next task that I have to do in four hours time or the next deadline or whatever that is. What it's forced me to do is to sit and go, right, as of now, I am doing homeschooling with Robin. Yep. And I'm not doing anything else. And I'm not answering my email. And I'm not picking up my phone. And I'm not worrying about the deadline for this customer. Yep. I'm ignoring all of that. And I am doing one thing that's keeping me present. Mm. And then when I switch over to doing, right, now I'm going to have an hour doing my email. I will have an hour doing my, so I am focused on really responding to my emails. And then when I have another bit of time, uh, it might be, I've got to, we've had to change all of our, GDPR, all of our GDPR policies for all of our clients have to change yep. over at the start of the year to UK GDPR. Yep. I will focus on that and nothing else for the time that I've set aside. And when I get to the end of that time, I'll record where I am and I'll stop so that I'm constantly present for the next task. What I kept finding is that 
even when I didn't have the kids at home, I'd be sitting in the office and I'd be, right, I'm just in the middle of this document. Oh, an email's come in. I'll quickly answer that email. Yeah. I'll go back to this document. Oh, actually, there's something I've got to do for that client. Right, I'll just go and do that. Then I'll come back to this. And what it meant was that my volume was very high, yep. but my quality was quite low. Okay. And I think the change I'm now finding is that by really focusing and planning everything in for a day, and really, when I, have a, I am doing a task, unless the house is on fire or a customer mm -hmm. calls with an emergency, yeah. I am on that task. My quality goes right up. Okay. And in fact, because my quality goes up, the amount of time that I spend on each task goes down because mm -hmm. I'm not having to revisit and go, right, where was I? How was I doing that? Where had I got to? Oh, I made yeah. that mistake because I was writing too fast. Or... And, and I think for many of the, the listeners and, and for you as well, yeah, what I'm hearing you say there is that if the quality is going up by working on that one thing and being present uh, and the quality is going up and the time to produce that is going down, actually, Absolutely. that's a good formula for scalability as well, isn't it? Because what you're doing is you're creating room for expansion. You're creating room Absolutely. To, to do more, not do more stuff and busyness, but actually do more stuff of high quality. And it was, in fact, it really, it, one of the things that came home was it, 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 over the weekend. I was, mm. uh, last week, I had a lot of work in the house to do. So I worked across the weekend. Now, I expected yeah. to work full days both days. Um, I very much task-focused on one important task on Saturday and finished it, which yeah. meant that I could take half of Sunday being back with the family and not working. Great. Because the amount of time I expected something to take, it was just it was just faster. I had no interruptions. I sat. And after eight hours, at the end of which, I realized I had actually virtually finished the thing I needed to do across the whole weekend. Great. But I hadn't okay. touched my email. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't yeah. thought about, oh, actually, this would be a good idea for the business. Or let's deliver that. Or what are our competitors doing? Or all the things that sit so churning me, in my head. Yeah, let me dig a little bit deeper in, into the question that I, I asked then. And this is about the results. So that's what it's meant to you. Because yeah. very often, yeah, that's that's the important place to start, isn't it? Yes. And, our, and our listeners will be interested in that. But how was, what results has that given to your clients? What kind of benefit has it had to them? Um, that's an interesting one. I think the... The biggest one, I don't think our clients will, and I think this is important because we're a business that should be invisible to our clients. Mm -hmm. So everything we do, we just take care of a bunch of stuff. And if it works, they never notice that we exist. Right. Is the ideal. And that means that their networks aren't being hacked. Their security isn't being violated. Their staff are trained and are just getting on with being yep. um, secure. So I think what it's come back to to us is we have seen, uh, for instance, if we, we write uh, training guidance notes, for instance, yep. we will have less questions coming back about those notes, for instance. Right. So it's in some ways, it's meaning that our clients feel very focused upon we are there for them. And they can yeah. feel that by yeah. the fact that 
we're invisible that nothing that they don't the fact that they don't okay. need us if you see what i mean yeah yeah almost but i think you've said something absolutely vital there and yeah a lot of clients will be starting to squirm a little bit in their seats when they're listening to that and they're talking about the fact that your clients um see you as being invisible because i think for many business owners uh, and people in business that's a worry isn't it that if yeah. you start to become invisible to your clients do they lose the perception of the value that you offer and no. at, yeah. at some point they have to pay a bill and they think why am i paying for something that i didn't see and you know we perhaps all have that through insurance but you said something really really important there that i want to pick up on and make sure the listeners picked up on as well the clients need to feel that you're there. Yeah. So you don't have to be in your in their face. You don't have to be reminding them, but they not only have to know that you're there, they can feel that you're there just by a presence, not by physically seeing you all the time or having to reach out to you all the time. And of course, you know, for some businesses that will be important, but yeah. for a lot of others, if you feel I'm using the word feel there, but if if you have a client that you are starting to feel a little bit invisible and you're starting to get a little bit worried about that, listeners, try to do what Jay has just recommended there and get it so that your clients feel that you're there. Very often, you know, as individuals, when we are in trouble, when we have uh, an issue, when we're walking around in the dock, you just get the sense that either something is there or somebody is there. It might be as I walk to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you know, I've got a bit of a sense of where the furniture is in the room. So I, I get a sense of what's there. Similarly, you know, when you need people, you need to know that friends, you know, your support people are there as well. So it's having that feeling, isn't that sense mm. that people are there as well. I, I, one of the, in fact, one of the ways we, we, because of the nature of our business, we, we audit people's businesses for security and yeah. data protection compliance all the time. So one of the things that we do is that we do a constant re-audit. So every six months, we have a, a day, Tim, where we spend three to four hours with the client going back over where they are and right. so that we can then look at where they were six months ago, where they yeah. are now, how we can help them improve, where there might still be holes in their security, yeah, and yeah. so on and so forth because every business um evolves yeah so for us six months most of our clients have changed what they do you know, or how or there's a new process yeah. over six months and we need to keep up with that and that also gives us that constant contact yeah and i think that's even it's more important so in important. today's today's climbing as we record this you know we really don't have absolute certainty of what tomorrow is going to bring doing you know there will be yeah. a new regulation there might be a new law there might be a new way we have to behave you know very quickly things are changing at the moment um now obviously it, it sounds like there's lots of things there you mentioned audits uh, is there anything that the listeners can go that and, and find something that will help them uh, with the protection of their business do you have a free guide or a free oh, yeah. tool to just give the listeners a bit of an idea of where they can go to get something that can help them that might be a, one of value and two, something that can introduce them to you. There's a couple of, couple of in fact, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple of places and that we, we really recommend. Um, the, the first one talking about us, we, we have on our 
um, on our LinkedIn and on our website, we have yeah. a, a set of guides, okay. which are based around uh, what we aim to do. And our first and foremost thing is to give people the things that they can do for free for themselves. Not yeah. everybody needs a cybersecurity company. No. Um, and for those people, we, we have guides on our website. We have guides on our LinkedIn. Yeah. Another brilliant resource is the National Cybersecurity Center. They publish wonderful guides. Um, okay. And we push everybody in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also don't charge for advice. Okay. We're, if, if you aren't sure, we have a whole bunch of people, probably 80% of the phone calls that we take are for people who would just like to have half an hour's chat and to get an idea about what they can do. Okay. Um, and we are, our team are really happy to spend half an hour on the phone chatting because as we said, 80% of people don't need a cybersecurity company yet, no. but they need a little bit of advice. Yeah. So if, if I was, just give us the details of, yeah. of your website, your LinkedIn, and also yeah. the, the, the national uh, cyber, because I know they do, yeah newsletters as well don't they and you they can do, subscribe and, and and i subscribe to those and you get some interesting information so before we we go on to the the, the one tip or lesson because i think this is a great tip anyway give, yeah. give listeners somewhere where they can go to get your stuff and also how okay. they can get their hands on the so on the national stuff which is obviously uk based not we're not we're, at, we're at custodia uh custodia custodia uk.com that's our website okay um our phone number is oh one six two nine Three six nine two five zero. There's somebody on that will be there all the time. Uh, it okay. might even be quite often. It's me actually. Yep. Um, but and uh, it's Custodia, just UK one word, no hyphens. Custodia UK, all one word. CustodiaUK.com. Okay. Um, we're also on LinkedIn at Custodia Continuity. Okay. Um, the National Cybersecurity Centre is at the NCSC on LinkedIn, and I think it's the NCSC gov.uk yep. um they're very easy to find they're abs absolutely brilliant um and then obviously our linkedin um whereas your your national local cybercrime unit if you're in um, lincolnshire like us it's there's the lincolnshire cybercrime unit but they're yep. everywhere and they're yeah. absolutely brilliant and I think that's the thing, because obviously a lot of people listening to this won't be in the UK um, no. and probably you know, won't be in England. So it's finding out those local resources, isn't it? You yes. know, uh, local law enforcement sometimes can have it. Federal uh, law enforcement can have these things as well. And of course, a lot of people have national uh, associations. I, as well. I would I would suggest, to be honest, most of the advice is will work globally. Um, mm. So, for instance, the National Cybersecurity Center in the UK, if you look at their guides or, if, for instance, if you look at our, we have a whole guide on how to back up securely for small business. Yeah. That guide will work anywhere in the world. And it's one of the things with the way global services are working is that actually the advice globally um, is absolutely the same. Uh, if you're talking about data protection, it becomes slightly different. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, I suppose the caveat I would give to that is that I, I think you're absolutely right there, Jay. It's to find then something that is uh, the framework you can use and then yes. just check out its local or its absolutely. regional compliance. Absolutely. So if, if you could give the listeners, Jay, one tip or lesson to learn uh, that they can take away from today's podcast and use and put into their business 
what would that be? And I want you to think about particularly what we've just mentioned there, something globally. I know, you know, you've just mentioned their GDPR. So I'm sure if anybody is in the UK or in England and they haven't updated their GDPR uh, yet um, to more of a, you know, a UK based one, then you should. But if you could give a more of a global tip or lesson, what would that be? It would be really simple. It would be back up your data securely. Um, every business we work with, every business in the world relies on the data that they have. Um, we see almost every business we see works with the cloud in some way. Mm. Um, the cloud does not back up people's data. Cloud providers guarantee the service, not the data in the service. Please, please, please back up the data that you have. Um, we have so many companies that call us saying, we've lost all of our data. How can we get it back? And the answer is, yeah. if you don't have a backup, you can't. Yeah. And, and it's and so let, tragic. And let me, let me give the listeners an example of this. I had a client uh, a couple of years ago who moved everything. They became very digital, very cloud-based, and they moved everything over to G Suite. And you know, I'm not criticizing G Suite at all. I, I'd use G Suite. Um, some people might not. Um, but irrespective of that, that, you're absolutely right with what you've just said there because they thought that Google backed up their data. And they did it through a third-party provider. So they had an IT support company, which was up in Hull, and they did everything through that. And they had a fallout with this IT company. And they stopped paying for their service because they thought they could just go to Google and pay for it themselves. So they fell out with the IT company and they stopped paying the subscription to the IT company. So the IT company stopped paying the Google, the G Suite, and their data went. It's tragic. And they thought, well, that's okay. We'll just give Google a call. We'll uh, give them our Google email account and we'll just sort it. But Google don't talk to people unless you're over a certain size anyway. So you have to do it via chat. And Google said, it's not our responsibility to back up the data. It's your responsibility to back up the data. Your provider stopped paying for the service. Therefore, we removed your account. And and they'd given the provider, I think, you know, in fairness to Google, they'd given them about three months worth of, are you sure? You do know your data is going to go. They held on to the data, but eventually it just went. I mean, there was there was a huge one recently, um, Adobe Lightroom. So most okay. professional photographers were using Adobe Lightroom. This has happened uh, 2020 mm. uh, to store all their photographs. Um, amazing resource. It's a brilliant platform. I, I, we, we use the Adobe suite as well. Yeah. Adobe did an upgrade to Lightroom and it wiped every single stored photograph in everybody's Lightroom accounts. They updated the databases and it wiped oh. everything on the servers. And there were a huge number of um, photographers whose business relied on this. We said to Adobe, well, where's our material? Adobe said, I'm sorry, we, we, we provide the service. We don't deal with the data. Yeah. So everybody's archives, everybody's current projects, all gone, not recoverable. Yeah. And that was purely because Adobe were doing a software upgrade, yeah, which yeah. they're mandated to do. And everybody lost everything if they hadn't backed up. So yeah. that one thing. Okay. So a great, a great tip there, listeners, to 
make sure you're backing up the data wherever it is, whether it's on your machines, whether it's in the cloud. I just want to ask you one thing, Jay, because mm. this has always been a pet problem of mine. You know, <laughs> in all my businesses I've had in, in the construction business, I had servers, I had those little mm. tapes that you used to put in, yeah. I had raid drives. Yep. I've done all sorts of things, remote backups done by our IT. Yep. And one of the things that always, always let businesses down that I had, and I'm going back a while ago now, yeah. was that the backups were being done, but the restores never worked. You have to test. We test with our clients every three months. Yep. We spin up a secure server. We restore all the data that we hold. Yep. Um for that client, we stick it on a server as a file, as an, as an accessible file system, and we give yeah. them a week to look at it and to use great. it. And yeah. so they will look at that and go, yes, that's great. Um, you have to test your restores. Otherwise, if you yeah. don't test, the backups don't exist. The other thing I'd say about backups is not only to test, but also to make sure that you have a long retention time. So we keep 365 individual days of backups yeah. for every client because it's not just losing the data catastrophically. It's also what happens when an employee leaves in March, you wipe their laptop, you get yeah. round to September and go, oh God, they had a file I need. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. we have clients who come to us and say, we backed, uh, look, we lost a file from last year. Could we have it back? Yeah, We go back to the date, there's the file, we send it over to them. It's Perfect. nice and easy. Um, and I would say it is one of the reasons why it's worth having somebody else, an actual human being, managing your backups. Because then it can yeah. be a two-way conversation about yeah. what's important, what isn't, where it's kept, how it's backed up, how it's restored. And, 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 and I'm so glad you said that. And for the listeners, that is so important. And, you know, everything I've got is is Mac. Again, whether you like Mac mm. or PC is, is personal preference. But I know, I, mean, I, I always uh, put my stuff into to iCloud and I store a lot of my stuff in iCloud. And one thing I have done several, several times, and I've got a time machine capsule that mm. I back up onto as well. Since having Mac... I've never had a restore that hasn't worked. Yeah. And the re the only reason, listeners, I've tested it isn't because to, because uh, I've done it purposefully. It's usually when I've purchased a new device. <laughs> and you've got a brand new device <laughs> and you can just transfer it across. You can migrate it, can't you? Absolutely. Uh, and it is so important. I've learned that over the years. Having somebody do your backup, having a software do the backup is is crucial, uh, mm. as, as Jay has said. But listeners, if you don't get get it restored and test that restore, then you're paying for something that you have no idea that it will work. And I can tell you, having sitting there blue screened, you get a company in, they restore your server uh, to its functioning, but they don't put the data on it. And then you find out that nothing, everything's gone for the last worse. week or something like that. Uh, nothing worse than that. So it's, test, it's your, test your restores. The breadth of what people are using now is we go to a company and they'll have... Uh, their email with Microsoft, they'll be using G Suite, there'll be a NAS mm. in the office that Dyn's using, the directors have a hard drive, blue tacked under a table, yeah. um, three people take laptops home, there's a CRM. <laughs> uh, actually backing that up to some of the things like Microsoft Azure, and so it's actually quite time consuming. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so great tips there, Jay, about um, looking at the gap in the market, not focusing on the volume, looking at the quality, slowing things down, taking the time, getting it right, working on one thing and being present in that. And we talked about knitting. I don't know quite <laughs> how that'll fit into the title. But, but also about that, that backing up and making yeah. sure you test the restore. And yeah. you know, just because you've got a list of files that you can see doesn't mean those files actually work. And I think yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at, at that. And I think that's a really important things for, for businesses to take away from today. Um, just to be clear, if somebody wants to connect with you on LinkedIn, yep. yes, we've got Custodia Continuity. Contos, Custodia Continuity. Yeah, and we're spelling Custodia C-U-S-T-O-D-I-A. Yes. Right, that's right. Good. I'm glad I remembered that. It's not on the screen, so I'm glad I remembered that. Okay. Very good. Uh, and if people want to find you on LinkedIn, do they search for Jay? Is it J-A-E Forrester, F-O-R-R-E-S-T-E-R. And that would be me. Perfect. So listeners, go out there, get some of those free guides uh, and take advantage of what Jay offers. You know, if you want to chat and you just want to bounce a bit of an idea around and get a little bit of advice, I'm sure, you know, as a, as a one-off fair use policy, uh, reach out to him and message him on social we, media or on the website. Our team are always, in fact, our team like to talk a bit too much actually, <laughs> but uh, seriously, d- people want to give us a ring, just get some advice. That's yep. we, we consider that to be a service. That's not something we talk, we, we, we charge for, we are not vendor specific and we're terrible at selling things to people. So you won't get a hard sell. You'll just <laughs> get some advice. Great. And we're coming on to the next question. And it's the last question of, mm. of this podcast of, we know when your next coffee is going to be. You said you're going to get one. <laughs> so if you could have that next coffee in a dream location, where mm. would that dream location be? And describe that's it for a, our listeners. That's, that's a tough one. Um, I, I think a few years ago, I was privileged to be invited to, um, join a team on the three peaks. Mm -hmm. And I think we had, um, we had a coffee at about, what's been about 3.30 AM on the top Mm -hmm. of Scarfell Peak, Scarfell Pike in in the, in the, in the Lake District. Yeah. In terrible weather, in thick fog, we're all <laughs> soaking wet. We're exhausted, um, but there was something so wonderful about that coffee, and it wasn't yeah. good coffee. I mean, don't get me no, wrong. No, it was, no. But there was something so wonderful when you feel you're you're both at your lowest and your highest at the same time. Beautiful. There was so something so special about that that yeah. if I could, uh, that's the experience that yeah. that typifies coffee for me. That's the yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know what it is, but flask coffee um, is is not that good. But it's I can tell you, know, listeners will say <laughs> this. It's much it's much better than flask tea because flask tea just is just horrible. Uh, it, yeah. yeah, it's it's all about place. So yeah, yeah. that would be that yeah. would be it for me. Perfect. Well, thanks for sharing some great tips, Jay. Um, if the listeners, you hear a little bit of a blip there in the editing, uh, it's because Jay's daughter uh, fell off a chair and we had to have a quick uh, jam tart break to get her back back up and running. Um, uh, but it, you know, thank you very much for taking part in today's podcast and sharing with the listeners some 
some totally. things that you've worked on, but also some things that they can work on as well and take away right now. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you Simon. It's been an absolute pleasure. And listeners, of course, this is part of my ongoing mission to help businesses and business owners and coaches around the globe become more aware, which I'm sure we've done by having a chat with Jay, be better educated. Certainly uh, we have, and we've talked about some coffee too. And I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>